Hey, everybody, welcome to this month's Metal Misconduct. I am Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records, and as always, finally, we figured out a way to get to Sean Rourke from NHL.com. Sean, what, why are you so uh, uh, inferior in terms of your uh, technology, technological skill? Because I'm a word guy, I'm not a technology guy. But for some reason, my hotel here in Chicago will not uh, let me connect to Skype. The hotel won't let you do that. For some reason, I can't get on, and I'm in my hotel room. It worked uh, every uh, other times I've used it. So you're I, gonna you're gonna blame your hotel room now. I'm gonna blame the technology here. Yes, Chicago's <laughs> a funny city. Well, I am on Skype, and I am in beautiful New York City, which actually the last two days has been extremely beautiful. In the 70s. I know, here, I just so. left there. It's fantastic. How is the weather there in Chicago? It's not windy. Uh, it's a little cool, but uh, I've seen worse first round of the playoffs, so I'll take it. There you go. So this is our uh, annual uh, time where both of us try desperately to predict who's going to win the Stanley Cup and go through the playoffs. Now, most of you can also, so there's a couple things. So uh, we're going to post this. Uh, we're actually doing this literally right before the first game. Of course, you can choose to believe us or not. But we will, uh, we will get this up on, uh, we'll get this up early on iTunes. Uh, so it'll go up the day after we do the predictions. So those of you listening on the radio two weeks later will either be laughing at us, thinking we're completely insane, or you'll be saying, oh, those guys know what they're talking about, so, so we shall see. But uh, we've done this every year. Uh, unfortunately, last year, well, I don't think Sean's ever picked the Stanley Cup winner correctly. I have done it twice. Sadly, I did not do it very well last year. So I'm going to attempt to uh, reprieve myself uh, to do it this year. And you can look at our bracket. We can go to the NHL.com which Sean Rourke is a part of. And you can see both of our brackets there. Uh, just go to NHL.com slash bracket, and you'll see uh, what we talk about on this podcast today in its reality and follow us along as you're doing it. You can also pick your own if you think you know better than us, which you probably do. Uh, you can pick your own brackets and uh, be part of the bracket challenge. I believe this year I'm actually part of the celebrity uh, edition, so we'll, we'll see. Yes, uh, you and I saw uh, Johans also made his pick. Yeah, we got so that's by the way, courtesy of our good friend uh, Mike Werman over at the Washington Capitals, who uh, who uh, hooked us in for that. So we have to thank him greatly and uh, his wonderful Washington Capitals team that uh, should go far in the playoffs. I do think, but we'll get to that shortly. So you ready to go? I am ready. All right. And by, so, the way, uh, by the way, the people are already laughing at me, and we haven't even started. That's part of the reason I didn't want to connect. All right. Fair, fair enough. I know it's, uh, you know, I mean, this is part of the, doing the podcast. We've got to do these predictions. We should have had Mike McKenna on again because he likes to be part of this, but he can't make any predictions. But he's always, it's always fun to torture him about that. So, anyway. Yeah, he, likes uh, to, he likes to give me the gears. Exactly. So, and you can follow him. Uh, he's playing for the Syracuse Crunch, who are in the AHL playoffs. Uh, and so you can follow him. You can go to AHL, I think it's AHLlive.com or something like that, uh, to follow him uh, and his goaltending prowess up there in Syracuse. Hopefully he will go far. So, uh, as always, we will start in the East on the eastern bracket here. Uh, and we begin with the Montreal Canadiens versus the New York Rangers. I have Montreal winning in five games. Sean, what do you say? Uh, Montreal in six. I just I don't like the way the Rangers have been playing for the last month of the season. And I don't know if they can score enough goals on uh, Carey Price. Yeah, and Lundqvist, for whatever reason, seems to be not playing very well. Maybe he could step it up for the playoffs, but he, he's been pretty inconsistent. So, yeah, I, I see Montreal uh, winning that one fairly easily. Uh, and then we have one that I think is going to be much more interesting, Ottawa versus Boston. This might, unfortunately, be the most boring series of all because both of those teams like to play extremely um, – one nothing games. It might even go into overtime. But I predict that the Boston Bruins 
will win it in seven. And I'm sure that Sean is also going to be picking Boston. I can predict that as well. You want, but you want to know why? There's two reasons why. Well, because you're from that area and you love the Bruins. That, that's, that, that's really the only reason we need to know. I mean, you can make up well, whatever other reason you want to. That's not the reason why. There's, there is, again, there's two reasons why. The first one is, as you know, the very first guest of Metal Misconduct, Hugh Stafford, was traded to the Bruins at the trade deadline, and he's done fantastic for them. Um, so there's a little Metal Misconduct uh, angle to the whole thing. And two, I believe that the team that wins this is going to score in six games, probably 12 goals, and I think the Bruins have a better chance of getting to 12 before the Ottawa Senators do. Yeah, I didn't even know it was going to be 12, quite honestly. But uh, all right, fair enough. And also, I have to give a shout-out to uh, to our friends over at Violent Gentlemen because Matt Bolesky, who is a big VG guy, and also Drew Stafford, big VG guys, both play for the Bruins. And for a while, they were playing on the same line. So that was the officially branded Violent Gentlemen line. Uh, so that's another good thing for Boston. So I, I, we both have Boston. And, and I knew you were going to pick them because you always pick them. Uh, but it's okay. You can. You're. You're. This year, you're going to be right finally. Uh, so the Caps and the Leafs. Uh, as much as I would love to see this series go a long way, I have Washington winning it in five. I have Washington in six. Um, I think Mike Babcock is a really good coach and could probably find a way to win a couple of games out of this. Um, and, and just the as as Mike Babcock called it yesterday in practice, he is a master motivator and intimidator. He called it the pucker factor. Um, and I, I think that Washington has that. They've, you know, what is this, nine years in a row um, that they've scored 100 points uh, in the standings and, and none of them have they gotten past the second round of the playoffs. So I think with the pressure that's on them, it's probably going to take them six. Yeah, and I, th- I, I, th- I, I have a feeling, though, and look, I love Toronto and I love watching Toronto play and they, they're probably... I, honestly, they might even be more fun than Edmonton to watch play, and, and I love those kids, and they're going to be a great team for a, a long time, but I, I think the bright lights might be a, a little bit too much for them. And I just think Washington this year, you know, they seem to be a much different team. They're, they're winning games when they really are just, it's almost, they're, they're just so deep. Uh, you know, getting Shattenkirk was a massive move, and they're so deep on forwards and defense. I mean, they'll roll four lines. The third and fourth lines have been playing better, quite honestly, in the first two lines for part of the season. And you've got, you know, all the D going, da- going down deep, and you've got Shattenkirk as, a, as your quarterback. And you know, I think the only thing that can derail – well, there's two things that can derail Washington. Is one is obviously they get a lot of injuries, but even then they're pretty deep. And really it's going to be Braden Holpe. He, this is his year. He's got – if he's – if he's the goalie, he's got to make a he's got to make a statement this year. So, uh, so we'll see how that one goes. But I, I I think they'll win that fairly easily. And then, and then we've got Pittsburgh and Columbus, which might be the most violent, brutal series uh, series of all. Clearly, Columbus is going to try to inflict as much pain and damage as they can on Pittsburgh, who's already very thin. I do think that Penguins, because it's the playoffs, and I think their big guys will step up, and you got Malka coming back. I do think that they will win it in six. What do you say, Mr. Rourke? I also think that they're going to win it. Uh, they are very shallow, although Malka's coming back for game one. Haglin's close to coming back. Um, hopefully Matt Murray's healthy and he can do what he did last year. Um, but I just finished it. actually went up on the site uh, this afternoon story about – Pittsburgh's secret weapon, which is their farm team in Scranton, Wilkesbury, uh, or Wilkesbury Scranton to be exact. Um, <laughs> they've already had guys, 14 guys come up this year, and you think about all the guys that helped out last year. Um, you know whether it, it you know, was uh, Dumoulin or Murray, they all came from from Wilkesbury, and uh, you know I, I just think that uh, that's going to give them enough enough depth to get through this. But I do agree with you. I, I think John Tortorella sent the message to his Columbus team that they are going to be as sandpapery and as full of jam as possible. And the one thing that could derail the Penguins is what derailed them every time that they played the Philadelphia Flyers in the playoffs in the last five years is if they lose their mind and start taking dumb penalties. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they say they, they expect this coming and they're going to turn the other cheek and hope that Columbus takes the penalties. But it's going to be tough because they Columbus by far is the dirtiest team in the league. and You've got seven or eight of the dirtiest players all existing on one team. So it's going to be a little tough. But I do think that Pittsburgh will get through it. 
because they have more talent. So we've actually picked the same teams thus far. So now we will go back. Well, I guess we'll stay here with Washington against Pittsburgh, which should be another rip-roaring, amazing series. However, this year I have Washington taking it over Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh, number one, no Latang, and with no Latang, there's no way the Penguins are going to win the Cup as good as they are. They can't win it without him. Quite honestly, he probably should have won the Smythe last year. And I think also after coming through that Columbus series, they're going to be pretty beaten up and bruised, and the Caps should have a fairly easy series. So I have picked the Caps over the Penguins, as painful as that is for me to say as a Pittsburgh fan, uh, but I do think the Caps win it uh, this year. Mr. Rourke. We're not having a very good podcast so far, because. We're picking the same things and for the same reasons. I think, you know, people haven't made enough out of the Chris Letang loss. Um, again, as much as you love that Penguin team and you look at all the, the talent that's there, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, and you're like, hey, they should be able to overcome it. Um, but to me, Chris Letang is, is too good. He's the guy that makes that team go. I mean, there's a reason that their GM, Jim Rutherford, said he's the most important player on that team. That's quite a statement with the guys that are on that team. I, they can survive losing Crosby. They have. They can support, survive losing uh, Malkin, and they have. But they, I don't think they can survive long-term, especially against a team as talented as the Capitals um, in the playoffs without him. So um, I, I think this is – if they can get to that matchup, I think this is the year that Washington gets its revenge, so to speak. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's, it's this is a good podcast for me because it makes me sound like an NHL insider because I'm saying all these you things. You are an NHL, NHL insider. Ins- no, I'm not. I like to if think that I am, to, but I'm really not. If you wanted to quit your music job and become an NHL pundit, I'm sure you could be on TSN tomorrow. All right, they give me a, you can you can make sure they give me a job. Well, don't tempt me because that would be very tempting. I I, I might. I might do that. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> we'll, talk to, we'll talk to Pierre. To Pierre, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, I am actually going to be on, uh, I'm not sure where it's going to air, but I am doing a, uh, a Los Angeles Kings uh, wrap-up uh, roundtable uh, in a couple of weeks with uh, some of our friends who have been on this podcast again. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So now we go back well, to Montreal. I'm sorry? Oh, let's finish these. I was going to ask you about what you thought about the whole L.A. situation, but we can save that. And we'll save that for the end. Uh, so Montreal and Boston now. I am going to choose the Montreal Canadiens. Although, of course, Montreal-Boston should be another. I mean, should be another phenomenal series. But I just think Montreal's, I, I mean, you know, as long as Carey Price is healthy, that's always the big question. But if he's healthy, I think he uh, he plays better than the Bruins goaltender, whoever the goaltender there is going to be. Hopefully, Tukarask, and uh, they move on to the semifinals. Yeah, you know, everybody slammed Tukarask uh, the last couple of years, and uh, this year when he didn't play in a really big game against, uh, I think it was the Islanders or Tampa Bay, I forget which one, and some people in Boston actually said, hey, why don't we just go with Kadobin, you know, at least we know what we're getting. Tuka's numbers have been really good in the playoffs, like unbelievably good. Um, but I don't, again, I just think, and again, unfortunately, there's not much controversy so far. I think we're on the same page. I, I, Carey Price. And, and the other thing that's going to be so interesting about that series is Claude Julian's going to Claude be Julian. against the team yeah. that he basically built. And, yep. and there's a huge, huge motivational factor because. In my opinion, and, and this is just my opinion, I, I don't know that he deserved to be fired. I don't know that he was the problem. Um, I, I think there's some players on there that sold him short. And, you know, now to have the opportunity to go in and say, hey, you know, this is this is my opportunity to get back. And then, you know, the other thing when you look at it is it's going to be a defensive series and the Bruins are going to be rolling out some pretty young defensemen. I mean, Charlie McAvoy is going to play some – some pretty big minutes. He hasn't played a regular season game. Yeah, he was playing in college two weeks ago. There was a story today that uh, he had to run back to the dorm at BU to get his suit and a passport to go to Ottawa to for game one of the playoffs. That's how young this kid is. He had been playing well, in Providence. Well, yeah, but he but he's a stud. And look what what Gossesphere did last year for the Flyers when he came out of college and uh, and literally well, I on fire. That, so this is. This is this is the playoffs. Like you're not stepping in in the preseason and having a little bit of regular season to get up to speed. And the speed you're getting up to is not R- Route 95 speed. It's Autobahn speed. 
Sure. But I think he'll be good. I think he'll be very good. And, and uh, you know, he may make a couple of rookie mistakes, but I think he'll be good. But I do. But you do mention, which I find is going to be the most intriguing thing is, yeah, is is Claude Julien coaching against his old team. And I agree with you. I don't think he should have really been fired, should have been fired. But clearly, once he got out of there with Cassidy kind of loosening the reins and then becoming a little bit more of an offensive team, they won a pretty serious run that they probably wouldn't have gone on if Julian is still the coach and definitely different philosophies here too, because you get Julian now in Montreal continuing the very defensive way, which probably makes sense for that team. And you've got Boston kind of winging it with uh, playing it a little bit more wide open. So it's going to be interesting to see if Montreal can, can shut them down. But I do, I do think though that Carey Price is just too good. But part of the, part of the reason that Cassidy went to the more open system is because he felt their defense was being underutilized. And now Boston is, is, facing the very real possibility of not having Tory Krug for the playoffs. It looks like he has a knee injury. They don't know when he's going to be back. And in no way would I put Tory in the same class that, I, that either of us put Chris Letang in. But he is the guy on that back end that really makes them go. He's the guy that can make that long pass, that can run the power play, that can do all those things that need to be done. And he's not going to be around um, to do them. So, or he may not be around to do them. So I think that's the other thing that's a huge detriment for them. I will agree with you there. So that leads us to Montreal versus Washington in the following round. And I have the Capitals fairly easily winning that series to go on to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, there's too many matchup nightmares for, for Montreal there. I don't know that they're deep enough to handle what the what the Capitals bring on their forward lines. You know, I mean, look, they went and, and they and they kind of did over the Montreal did over their defense a little bit. You know, they got rid of Subban. Um, they brought in Shea Weber um, to be that heavy guy in the playoffs. That's the style they want to play, and, and that's all well and at least to start the playoffs. Um, and, you know, you wonder about a guy like Markov with some of the speed that Washington has. So I just think the, the matchup between Montreal's D and, and Washington's forwards is, is a bit problematic, even for a very good coach. Yeah, I agree. I, look, Ovechkin and, and, for that matter, Backstrom are t- way too good of players not to at least get to one Stanley Cup final in, in the prime of their career. I mean... It just it the it just seems like it's there. Everybody's predicting them this year to, to get to the finals, as have we, which probably means that they won't. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> so now we move to the Western Conference, which is I think much more intriguing with the matchups, and was really difficult for me to go through parts of it because I just I really aside from one team, I have no clue who the other teams could be in here. So I've been taking a bit of a roll of the dice on my picks here. But the one pick that I'm very solid about is the Blackhawks beating the Predators in six games to move to the next round. I'm sure you will say the same since you're in the lovely city yeah, of Chicago. So, so now we are eight for eight in our picks so far. Yes. Now we may go off the off the rails here a little bit. So Montreal, I, I mean Montreal, Minnesota, St. Louis, that's going to be a really difficult series. I think it's going to go seven games, and I think some way, somehow, Minnesota finds a way to pull it out. Now, now we disagree. I think St. Louis pulls it out. I think it's going to be a long series as well. The two things that I look at when I look at this series is, one, St. Louis is playing as well as they've played probably in a, in a long time this season. They did not have a very good season. I thought that they had a lot of uh, – Western Conference Championship hangover and the change that kind of came about through all that, you know, losing David Backus as their captain, firing Ken Hitchcock, all the things that happened this year, trading Kevin Shattenkirk. I think it took them a while to get their equilibrium, but I think they have it now, and Allen is playing very good. He was not very good at the beginning of the year. At one point, he was left home to try and figure out what was wrong with him. Um, which is never good for your goalie, but he's been lights out. And now Minnesota's going through those same things that, that St. Louis went through, and they're going through them at the wrong time. I mean, this was a team that was fighting for the President's Trophy, and they almost, you know, they slid way down to the point where people were wondering if they were going to get overtaken for even more spots towards the end of the year. Dubnik has not played well. I, I think his 
goals again. I mean, his save percentage since March 1st is like 0. 0.888. Um, and he's the key to their team. He's the guy that makes them go. And and I worry about who's going to score goals for him. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with with anything you you said there. I, like I said, that's really a toss up for me. I, I think I think I think the goaltenders matchup is a little bit of a wash. I think both Dubnik and Allen, neither of them are elite goaltenders in my opinion. I mean, maybe Allen will be in a couple of years. Dubnik, I never thought was, but he's played well in in Minnesota, obviously. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got you know. Tarasenko and St. Louis. I mean, neither of those teams. I mean, St. Louis is not a goal-scoring machine, and Mike Yo is not a is a defensive-minded coach. I do feel that that Minnesota's got a little bit more skill on the front end, and that's probably going to be the difference. But look, it it easily could go the other way too. I think that, like I said, that's a that's that was a tough one to toss up. And I do like Bruce Boudreau. I'd hate to see him go out in the first round. I think you know people malign him as a playoff coach, but he basically the last two years got his team to game seven against the team that eventually either got to the finals or won the Stanley cup. So, you know, he's not yeah, and, to sneeze at there. He, you can argue that he got a lot of those teams to where they were, that they didn't belong there. Uh, absolutely. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So, um, but anyway, we'll see. I, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if St. Louis won, but I did pick Minnesota. So now we move to Anaheim and Calgary. Uh, by the way, I wanted to be known that I was one of the very, very few people in the beginning of the season that actually picked the Flames to make the playoffs. In fact, I should have. I was hemming and hawing, I remember, when we did our, our preseason thing about, about picking the Oilers to get in the playoffs. That I thought they'd get close, but they wouldn't get in. Of course, I was wrong about that. But I did pick the Flames. However, as much as I love Calgary and, and my good friend, the GM Brad Treliving, uh, I, I mean, they've lost, they haven't won a game in Anaheim for, I don't know how many years now, 12 years or some ridiculous amount of time. They might win yeah, one like there, 20, but. It's like 25 games or something now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, they, maybe they'll win one game in Anaheim, but there's no way they're going to win more than one. And then they'd have to, they'd have to basically win every game in Calgary. I can't see Calgary beating Ed, beating Anaheim uh, unless, you know, there was another catastrophic injury on, on Anaheim, but they're still pretty deep. So I've got the Ducks winning that one in six. See, now we're, we're, now we're cooking with gas because I actually have Calgary winning this series. A, I think this, the run has to end at some point. The dominance has to end at some point. Um, so why not the playoffs? B, Anaheim scares the living daylights out of me um, because they disappoint every year in the playoffs. Um, I know Randy Carlisle's the coach now, and it's not Bruce Boudreaux that you know, we just talked about. But for some reason, that team, they just they struggle with prosperity. You know, and, and so it makes me nervous. It makes me really nervous that, uh, you know, that, that as soon as things turn a little bit. And then I think that the other thing that's going to factor into this is that it's going to be very much like that Pittsburgh-Columbus series. It's going to be crazy, like, because of all the things that have happened, the long losing streak, Cam Fowler getting hurt the last time they played. There's a lot of bad blood between these two teams. And I just, for some reason, I think Calgary's better equipped to deal with that kind of series. Not in that they, they're tougher or anything like that, just that I think they're a little bit, except for maybe to Chuck, they're a little bit more with it they're a little bit more like i think they're going to understand what's happened whereas when you look at that anaheim team much like pittsburgh they've been known to lose their heads in a series like that and yeah but see i see i i'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly there because anaheim that's what anaheim wants i mean they're they're probably the biggest toughest team in in the league and they play that way they play a heavy heavy game and that's what they want i mean that's that's the every every player on that team is a big, heavy guy that likes to, to play that way. So I think that plays into their hands. And I just, I, I cannot see for the life of me that after, and I've seen a bunch of those games. I mean, Calgary just, they get in there and for whatever reason, they cannot play in Anaheim. I can't see them turning or uh, doing a 180 for may, maybe they win one game there. I can't, I mean, if there was any lock, and of course, this will probably prove, prove to be my, uh, my undoing but if there's ever a lock for me in the first round i think it's that series unfortunately but i you know i I, i've been wrong before yeah and and we can't go back and and try and remember the conversation we had but i would think that there would have been a very similar conversation last year about anaheim and nashville how's nashville going to go in there and win 
and they did it. I mean, they did it what two, three times on the way to beat them. Yeah, but but they, uh, yeah, I I I yeah, t- totally. And uh, you know, those were tough games too. And and I completely agree that I, I love Calgary. Like I said, I picked them to make the playoffs. I think if Calgary played, if they played somebody else in the first round, they'd have a better shot. I just. I don't know. I just I can't. I mean, like I said, maybe they can do it, but I, I would be very surprised if if they were able to win more than one game in Anaheim. And clearly, to win the series, they're going to have to win two. Yeah, and and look, I picked Calgary, but if you ask me to put, oh, I'm sorry, they could win all. Sorry, they would. They have to run the table in Calgary and win one in in Anaheim. Hello, math. Yeah, but you know, if you ask me to put numbers on it, I would say I'm probably at 55 percent for Calgary. Like to me, that's a coin flip. Uh, yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, speaking of coin flips, uh, the next round is definitely a coin flip for, for me and, and another difficult one that I think will go seven games. But I do have the upstarts, the uh, kids in Edmonton beating San Jose in seven games. Okay, so the West, we'll have a lot of fun in the West because I picked San Jose. And uh, the reason I picked them more than anything, and, and there's a little bit of a caveat here because you don't know what the health of Thornton and uh, Logan's going to be. Um, but the reason I picked them is they've been here. You know, they've done it. They understand what it takes. I, I think I think their best defenseman, uh, their best defensive defenseman, uh, you know, Mark Edward Vlasic, I, I think he's a guy that is I – don't, I don't know that you're ever going to shut Connor McDavid down, but I think he's the kind of guy that's so unsung that – you know, he can limit the damage there, and then you're asking for somebody else to beat you. Um, and I think when you line those teams up after that, uh, it, it skews heavily, excuse me, it skews heavily in uh, San Jose's favor. My other concern with Edmonton, and, uh, you know, you go back and you look at the numbers, Cam Talbot's played a lot of hockey. Guys that play as much hockey as Cam, Cal- Cam Talbot have tend to wear down in the playoffs. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, it just seems to me that he played an awful, awful lot of hockey and not, not easy hockey. I mean, Edmonton's way better defensively than they were in the past, but they are not, you know, you think about a guy like Marty Brodeur who played a lot of games in the regular season, but he played a lot of 20 shot games. Those were not the games that Ken Talbot was playing. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I'm not going to disagree with you there. He's played a lot of games, but I think, you know, he's still a young guy and he, he's, he's, he's played well. Some goaltenders play better when they play a lot of games. I think the big reason why I picked Edmonton was because of what you mentioned, the fact that both Thornton and Couture are both banged up. I mean, maybe they'll play, but they're not going to be a hundred percent. And with a team like Edmonton, with all that speed, you know, the sharks are not a speedy team either. And you got basically your two best forwards, not 100%. I think it's going to be tough for them to win. But, you know, you never know. You don't know how Edmonton's going to react. The first time they've been there in a long time, the first time a lot of these guys have ever played the playoffs. But, you know, McDavid is the best player in the world at the moment, and I, I see him uh, I see him picking up a game. But I think that's going to be an interesting series, you, though, for, for sure. You think he's better than Crosby? You know, that's a – I mean, that's a tough question, and I, I wouldn't ever want to pick against Sid, but – I think right now watching McDavid play, I mean, let's see what he does in the playoffs, but certainly the level he played in the regular season, I think was just a cut above crime. I mean, look, he was, what is he part of, like 45% of Edmonton's overall goals? I mean, as good as Sid is, you know, Sid still needs Latang and Malcolm and some guys to help him a little bit. And look, he's uh, probably 1A best player in the world, but uh, I don't know, McDavid is scary good. Yeah, so I think the way that I would put that, and maybe this is cheating a little bit, I, I think that Connor may be the most talented player in the world right now. I still think Sid's the best player in the world. Yeah, I, I, because, I won't, because I won't argue with you. Yeah, I agree. I won't. I won't. I won't argue with you. He's. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. But, uh, but anyway, so I've got Anaheim over Edmonton, and we'll stay right. He, I mean, no, I'm sorry, Edmonton over San Jose, which means I have a completely different skew than you i have anaheim playing edmonton and i have edmonton and their speed uh beating anaheim because i've seen that a couple times in in anaheim and they can't keep up with edmonton speed so i actually have edmonton going to the conference finals wow that'd be crazy we saw that game uh right before uh all-star uh, when we saw Edmonton play Anaheim the night before, the last game before the All-Star game, Anaheim didn't touch the puck. Exactly. That was the 3 nothing. 
that was the three nothing game against Edmonton. Um, we saw uh, the Carlson brothers there. I mean the Hanson brothers there. We saw Steve Carlson and uh, Edmonton. I mean Anaheim barely touched the puck. That was a lot. They got booed off the ice that night. Yep, yep. And I've seen them play, and I've seen Edmonton play in Anaheim a few times this year, and it's pretty much been the same story. Anaheim did kind of pick up, and Edmonton made a couple of defensive mistakes, and and uh, Anaheim did well. But yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, I just think that the speed, you know, again, unless you know McDavid or something gets hurt in the first round, the the speed is going to kill them. Now, now you have two totally different teams here in your, uh, but you know what, in if, your if, bracket, you that, if 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 you got to that series, seeing Kessler go against that line for six or seven games would be worth almost any price of admission because he would have Milan Lucic would be ready to kill him. (laughs) It it would be he in a, in a long series. I don't know many players um, that are as good as he is of physically and mentally getting in somebody's kitchen and rattling every pen that they have. Well, you know, and one other—you're exactly right. And one other thing I will say that's a bit of a, uh, a a secret weapon for Edmonton is Darnell Nurse is back. He's playing at a high level at this point. He's also a tough guy, so that's gonna that's gonna help them in a series against Anaheim, I think. Yeah, and everybody forgets because of Connor McDavid how good Drysaddle's been for them. No, oh, yeah, but in scoring in the league, he's yep. a big, heavy power forward that'll play the exact game that Anaheim wants to play. And, you know, they can also, the other thing that's about that is they can separate those guys, too. I mean, they've separated them for a while. Obviously, they've been playing on the same line. But I have a feeling in the playoffs, at some point, they may have to separate them. And Drysaddle's, you know, a natural center, so he can go back and play center on the second line, and then you move Nugent Hopkins down to the third line. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But but let's see yeah, what you say about... So I, I will say, just if, if, if I am wrong... And it's San Jose playing Calgary as you have it. I would actually pick Calgary to win that series. Oh, see, and I would pick San Jose again because one, I think physically, if once Calgary gets through, it, it's going to be a meat grinder. Um, and two, again, I would just go with the Sharks' kind of wily uh, veteran ways here, um, and and Calgary kind of being new to the to that stage of the playoffs. You know, I, I just, and I think like for, for Logan, it, it's time he needs, right? For people that don't know, he got hit in the mouth with a shot and basically had all his teeth moved in his mouth and they had to kind of pull him back together. And he's looking at a summer of uh, dental work, but for him, it's, it's just pain tolerance and things improving as he goes along. Joe Thornton's a little bit different. He's got some sort of a knee thing. Um, nobody's being really clear about what it is. Um, but he he may not get better. He may be at seventy percent for the whole playoffs. And that's a but huge I loss think- for them. Oh, sorry, not to cut you off. I said that's a huge loss for them. And I I think that the problem again with the Sharks is they're not a fast team, and Calgary is a much faster team playing at a much higher level at, at this point. But you know, you can Maybe you know. I I just see there to me. I see San Jose. A, a, I think Martin Jones is is probably the better of the two goalies, and, and as good as Calgary's defense is, and it's really good because you got Giordano there. Dougie Hamilton's really kind of come out of his shell and is now the guy that everybody expected him to be, that the Bruins expected him to be when they traded him. Um, so you know they got some guys back there that that are really good. But to me, you know, I look at Brent Burns. You know, we talked about Blask before, who I think is the most underrated defenseman in the league, probably. Um, and then Paul Martin, you know, I, that's a pretty good three right there. Yeah, I agree. Vlasic is by, is definitely the most underrated defenseman. Uh, I mean, he was a, a huge part of them getting to the finals last year. All right, so you have San Jose winning that. I have Edmonton winning that. And then we go to the to the other series, and I've got uh, Chicago against Minnesota. You have Chicago and St. Louis. I'm pretty safe to say we probably both pick the Chicago Blackhawks to easily move on. Yes, I think. I don't know if it'll be me, but I think somebody's going to spend a lot of time here in the Windy City this spring. They are a loaded team, just loaded. I mean, where where do you look at them and say, oh, there it is, that, that's what we're going to exploit? I don't know what it is. Yeah, they've been playing at a super high level uh, for 
for the last little bit. They they seem like, you know, early in the season, they're kind of, you know, just going through the motions. They had some injuries and, you know, kind of doing their thing. And now... And now they now, seem like they now, got it together. Now he is, you know, uh, Kane, you can knock him all you want, but there's been nobody more consistent the last two or three years um, than, than Patrick, and he tends to pick it up at this point. Um, you know, their they're D's deep. Duncan Keith is, is ridiculously good. Um, you know, I, you may not like Michael Roosevelt, but the fact that they don't even have to play him, where he would be a four on a lot of other teams, tells you about all you need to know about about them. And then, you know, when you talk about underrated players, to me, Corey Crawford's an underrated player. Like, they've won a couple of cups, and it hasn't been because of him like it is because of a Jonathan Quick or, you know, whoever else you want to put in that in that sentence. But he's been pretty good for them. Yeah, and uh, he's a rise against fence. We like that. So I have Chicago and Edmonton playing, and this is where Edmonton's run ends, and the Blackhawks make it once again to the Stanley Cup Finals. I have the same thing, except obviously beating the Sharks. And I, at that point, I don't even know how competitive that series would be. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. Yeah, it seems it seems like it, it just it, you know Chicago is also so deep, and them getting a do yet the trade deadline again on defense makes them even deeper. Deeper, and yeah, they they look pretty good. So that means we both have Chicago playing Washington in the Stanley Cup Finals. Now. <clears throat> This is also one that could easily go either way. I think it's going to be pretty competitive. But I finally, I finally did it, and I think I think it probably will jinx them completely. But I did pick Washington to actually finally host host hoist their first Stanley Cup. But I'm about fifty one percent Washington, forty nine percent Chicago. So, and you know the Penguins, you never know too. But yeah, so that's what I have yeah. Washington beating Chicago. I have I have Chicago beating Washington. Uh, unfortunately for the storylines, I mean, look, Alex Ovechkin. You know, I mean, you can't judge a guy by whether he wins or loses the cup, right? Like Ray Bork was no less of a defenseman if he never got traded to Colorado and didn't win the cup. Like I, I don't I don't buy that argument, but a lot of people are going to divine his career by that, and that'll be unfortunate. But I again, I just think Chicago's too deep. Uh, you know, they've been there before. I, when you think about it, it's going to be, what, three cups in six years and four in ten? Um, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's about as dynastic as you're going to get in today's NHL. Um, and and that would be some statement that they would make if they could do it. Yep, I I tend to agree with you there, I think. Uh, but I do think that, that this the caps are so deep, and that certainly would be a really interesting series. And it also, a lot of it's going to depend, of course, on, you know, who gets injured and, you yeah. know, all those sort of things. But, uh, and then how many goals do you have uh, in your, uh, if you remember, in your bracket that you have up on NHL.com slash bracket? Uh, I don't remember. I have 34. Uh, I think I had uh, 29. Fair enough. So there you have it. So so you have picked the Blackhawks. I have picked the Capitals. At least we we were fairly uh, fairly together in our picks, which kind of frightens me because you're usually terrible at this. So <laughs> yeah, no, we nailed the <laughs> nailed the East all the way down seven in a row, and then the West got a little got a little challenging. So here's the other question we did for our predictions, not our brackets. Who wins in your scenario? Who wins the Smythe? Yeah, and I was thinking about that, and I think if the Caps are going to win the Stanley Cup, that it's going to have to be Braden Holtby that really rises up to the top and has he's going to have to have some some amazing some amazing series. I, I'm going to say Holtby and, and my B player. If it's not Holtby, probably uh, Backstrom. Okay, and that was the most of our. Uh, staff predictions, NHL.com and NHL Network had some version of Chicago, Washington, and it was Holtby or uh, Backstrom was the majority of the picks. I think if if uh, Chicago wins it, I, I picked Duncan Keith. I you know other guys picked other people. I just think if they win it, I don't know that he would win it. I think he would be the guy that gave that performance, but it, it just won't be as gaudy as somebody else. But in my mind, if they win it, he'll be the key to it. Well, you better be because he's one of the top 100 players of all time, which I think is the biggest joke of all. But uh, 
let's see let's see if he can prove me wrong in the, in this series. Okay. So wait, but speaking of that, so here's a little interesting thing. By the time you hear this, um, it'll uh, there's going to be a thing we're going to do at some point where we get to pick the best Stanley Cup team of all time, and it'll be like kind of an interactive this team against that team. So that should keep you uh, occupied during the next two months. Who do you think is the best Stanley Cup team of all time? Wow, that's uh, well. It's really difficult because, of course, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know how those some of those, you know, Montreal. Obviously, those Montreal Canadiens teams of, of, of the '60s and even know, before that were phenomenal. I, I would pick. There's probably three eras of te- three eras of teams that I would say, in my mind, were the best Stanley Cup teams of all time. And I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can pick one, but definitely the the Penguins teams of the the two cups that they won, uh, those '80s Islander teams, and then. You know the the Montreal Canadiens teams right before that. I, I mean, I would have to say really the those Montreal teams were just stacked. I mean, they had so many amazing players on those teams. I mean, I, I don't know that you can you can really say that anybody was ever better than that. Although you know, I mean, you got a, you got a lot of Hall of Famers on on all, all of those teams. I mean, look at the Penguins. The Penguins had Lemieux, Yager, Tockett, Ron Francis, Paul Coffey, <laughs> Tom Barrasso. I mean. You know, those teams were, were ridiculous. Kevin Stevens, I mean. But, you know, all those teams had, had, had tons of Hall of Famers. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a phenomenally entertaining uh, exercise to kind of figure out who, who that would be because it's such a tough thing. Um, I thought for sure you were going to say the 95 Devils, but... Uh, I <laughs> they would be the worst Stanley Cup team of all time, in my opinion. Oh, my God, they're not even close to the worst team. Well, um, let's put it but, let's put it this way: the worst to watch. Uh, that '95 team is not awful to watch. Uh, you might have that argument as you go down the line, but that '95 team scored some goals. Um, they were one of two teams that year that scored more than three hundred. Uh, no, the '94 they scored more than three hundred goals. '95 they didn't play enough games to do that, but they were near the top in in goals scored. That's the part everybody forgets. But uh, I was just making a joke. Clearly, they are not. Uh, in that conversation, but that is the, uh, the second team Stanley Cup team I ever covered. '94, the Rangers, uh, which everybody back in New York would pick as the greatest team of all time, was the first one. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting, uh, really interesting argument I think to go through. It would keep us occupied for a long time. At, Smoking Joe's or another establishment in one of these fine well, yeah. in the and, final and, and of course, I left out the Oilers, and you know, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say you know any team that won the cup with Wayne Gretzky on it wasn't the greatest of all time. But you know, I don't know. It's that's it's those are all those are all tough tough things to say. Yeah, and who knows? By the time this is over, maybe one of these Chicago teams is it. Who knows? Look, they got three yeah. guys in the top one hundred. <laughs> well. Should be two, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, clearly, if they win another cup this year, you know, they're they're certainly uh, in the conversation. But you know, the ears yeah. are so different. That's why it's so difficult to really pick, you know, pick one team against another. But I, I would, like I said, if if push comes to shove, I would probably have to say those the, one of the you know pick whatever one of those Montreal Canadian teams that had you know all those amazing players on it. Pro- probably in my mind would be the best team ever. Uh, understandable. So now. Before we uh, before we shut it down, uh, what do you think about what's going on in LA? You're a big LA guy. Well, I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, certainly Sutter. I mean, it was funny. I was I went to see the Oilers play the Kings, like well, I guess the third to the last game or whatever. And we were watching. If you've never been to LA, Daryl Sutter's kid, one of his kids is is. Um, special needs kid uh, and they put him up on the scoreboard every game and he does this amazing dance and gets the crowd all riled up he's a great great kid great personality and we were watching him on the screen i was like oh man it's probably the last time we're ever going to see him do this which is really really a bummer but uh, it's not surprising that daryl sutter's gone i guess a little surprising that, that dean lombardi's gone but i mean quite honestly i've never ever been a lombardi fan look they won two stanley cups so i can't we can't take that away from him, but you know he's put the Kings now in a really terrible position because he's made a lot of bad trades. He's traded away a lot of 
plays trade away a lot of draft picks, a lot of plays they shouldn't have traded. Then the, a lot of the guys they kept, like Dustin Brown and Mary Gabrick, have horrible contracts. The whole Mike Richards thing, which he's still for the next ten or twelve years, they're gonna he's gonna be against the cap. His contract is against the cap. So the Kings are really in an awful position, and and it's gonna be difficult to see what you know Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille are gonna do moving forward. And I love both guys, and I think they're both great hockey people. But quite honestly, they're they haven't drafted well. They don't have any players coming up that are, are halfway decent. I mean, they've got a couple of okay middle-of-the-road players, but they don't have any star players coming up in their system. Like I said, they haven't drafted well at all, so it's clear the scouting staff under Lombardi has not done a very good job. And he did, you know, he made a lot of... I mean, that Milan Lucic for Martin Jones trade is horrible. And, you know, Martin Jones is going to make them pay for the next... The next 10 years that they that they got rid of him and quick as good as he is i think he's just played too much hockey and had too many injuries to really be that that effective down the road some people are saying blow up the team and trade dowdy now and get a bunch of picks and just really completely rebuild because they haven't been able to unlike chicago and their nucleus they haven't been able to to rebuild on the fly so i don't know what they're going to do but i'm not surprised that that those guys left And, and unfortunately I see the Kings being uh, back to being the, the L.A. Kings that they've always been, kind of a mediocre team that's, you know, that never – I mean, they eventually got really terrible, which is when they drafted, you know, Kopitar and Dowdy and Quick and all these guys that made them have those runs. But I think that it's unfortunately long and sad days ahead for Kings fans unless they decide for some reason to blow up the team, which – would also be terrible because you know I, I mean Drew Doughty is a, a surefire Hall of Famer and you would hate to lose him in his in the prime of his career, but there are people suggesting that so I don't know. Yeah, I think he's a guy you build around. I, I think you know it amazes me in the NHL today when you when you look at kind of some of the guys that have that have lost their jobs and there's not much uh, reward anymore for winning, right? Like it's such a quick decline at this point. You know, you look at Dan Bilesma, he won a cup, and then he was out, and now, you know, everybody's turning on him in Buffalo. You know, Dean won a couple of cups, and, you know, you talk about that Martin Jones trade, but what's he really going to do at that point? You know, you're not going to get rid of quick, so you're you're blocked at that point. You know, it's the same thing. Well, you're not blocked. I mean, you don't, you, don't ha- you don't have to trade Martin Jones. You could keep him. And I mean, look at look at these look at you know Chicago's had two good goaltenders for a while. I mean, obviously Pittsburgh still has two, although clearly they're going to lose one of them. I mean, they could have kept it. I mean, but, if they would have kept it, if they would have kept Jones for another year, and then Quick obviously has has gone through him. You know, Jones probably would have played. Obviously, would have played this year and would have become the number one. And then when Quick comes back, then you have a choice of what do you do. You know, and you've got two guys who probably have way more trade value, but he was so insane to get Milan Lucic that he, you know, made that trade, and then Boston turned around and traded him to San Jose, which, you know, Lombardi probably should have figured out that they were going to do that, but you know, yeah, I mean, but I, I just like you talk about Chicago, and and none of their goalies have been that guy, right? Like Scott Dolan's a good goalie, but he he can never go into an office and say, I want to be the number one. Like, no, but but they did have. I mean, they did have. They did have. A, you know, they had Niemi. You know, obviously he's not that good now, but he did win a cup with them with with Crawford. No, there, I know, so. but they were, they were always marginal guys. Like you didn't. Like Chicago's never had to face that problem where you have an established goalie and then you have another goalie coming up. It's the same problem Vancouver faced with uh, Corey Schneider and Luongo, and and you know if you if you're married to the veteran guy, what are you going to do with the kid? Because at some point. It's useless to have them both because it's a, it's a decline. No, I, I I I totally agree with you there, but he jumped the gun too early on Martin Jones. Like I said, I mean, yeah, you, you can't you can argue that he picked the wrong target. That he he picked an aging power forward that was moving to the west, where everything was moving at a much greater speed. Um, but I do think that the Milan Lucic that he hoped to have. Is the Milan Lucic playing in Edmonton right now? Well, look, Lucic was not a bad player for the Kings. He was good. But the problem was that, you know, they had him for a year and they tried to resign him and they, they couldn't resign him. And, you know, mostly because of the cap issues that the Kings have now. And that's really Lombardi's greatest uh, problem with the Kings is he he's just saddled them with horrible contracts 
uh, with guys, with guys who shouldn't be making half of the money, and now and now they're they're stuck. And the question now is, can you know Toronto was the same way when you know Lou Lamarillo and and Shanahan went there, where they had all those contracts with Fanuf and Kessel and everybody else, and they were able to shed the contracts, be terrible for a couple of years, and they get lucky and they draft you know Matthews and and uh, and Marner and, and these guys, and they you know they've been now they're going to be probably a powerhouse for a long time to come. Now, will it can are the Kings going to be able to do that? I mean, it's not that easy to shed those big contracts. And and be awful for a year or two. So we'll we'll have to see we'll have to see where they go. But I think that's ultimately the yeah. the legacy of Lombardi. Uh, uh, look, two cups, great for him. I never thought the Kings would win his cup in my lifetime. So he did certainly do that. But now the the Kings are are in a bad position again, where they might just be mediocre for the next ten years. Who knows? Yeah, and and you know what? The one good thing is if you're going to change, you change now because I think if you're going to move contracts, they're going to move this year. You know, you look with the expansion draft and, and Vegas coming in, you know, they're in a position to eat some contracts and say, hey, look at what we brought in, you know, make sure you come to the games. Teams like New Jersey are, you know, in a position where they can eat some contracts for some draft picks as they try and rebuild. Like, there's a couple of very clear teams right now that are that would be willing to take some really bad contracts and say, you know what, we'll do this because we're not going to be good this year. And, and yep. but it's going to accelerate what we want to do. So I think if you could come up with a game plan, this is the year where you have opportunity to move contracts maybe faster than you could before. And you well, and one your answer before you get arrested here. Yeah, I know, I know. It's well, well, it's New York City, so uh, you're going to get this stuff. Uh, so yeah, so I've unfortunately I've got to run. Uh, so I will leave from it the with. Uh, yeah, I know. I got a little run from the police. Uh, <laughs> But I will leave it with uh, our very good friend Pierre Lebrun tweeted out that he said Rob Blake will be great. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with Pierre and be hopeful that uh, that he could come in and uh, and turn things around because we have seen these days you can turn things around pretty quickly if uh, if you're savvy enough and, and make some good deals. So yeah, and I, I believe that too because he's one of those players that put in a lot of time before he did this. There's some guys that have come out and done it right away and haven't been great at it. But, but Rob's really kind of put in an apprenticeship, and I, I think he's ready. Good. Well, I hope so. So that's uh, so there's our picks. You've got Chicago. I've got Washington. Again, you can go to NHL.com slash bracket and look at our picks. You can also sign up yourselves to make your own picks. Uh, which we can, if you are better than us, please feel free to let us know because I'm, I'm very afraid because Sean and I have picked a lot of the same teams and that never goes well. So. so, but the good thing if it's Washington and Chicago is that probably means that uh, we'll see a fair amount of you in the final. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they're not the two easiest cities for me to get to necessarily, but I love, absolutely love Chicago. So, and I certainly do not spend enough time there. And uh, obviously, good friends with a bunch of people in uh, in Washington. So, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. So, uh, wherever the wherever the finals are, I mean, it's kind of my yearly tradition to get to at least one one or two games. So, uh, and it's a fun time to hang out with all of you folks as well. So, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, we're already looking forward to it. All right, sounds good. All right, sir, uh, have a good time in Chicago. Uh, watch the potential Stanley Cup winning Blackhawks start and uh, the playoffs start like literally in three minutes. So, uh, it's good so, thing we uh, got this in. Exactly. We just, just made it in. And uh, thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Brian. Talk to you next month.